Hey everyone, I'm Zach. I'm the lead pastor here at Restore. Thanks so much for checking out this week's podcast. I hope that it encourages you and inspires you, and I hope that you have some community around you to talk through these truths and concepts with. If you don't have community like that, we would love to invite you to be a part of Restore. You can get all the information about our church at restoreaustin.org. We would love to see you soon at one of our Sunday gatherings, and we hope you enjoy this week's podcast. Good morning, everyone. I'm so excited to be here with you this morning. My name's Tanner Shoemake, and I'm the Connections Pastor for Moon Tower Church, but I'm also a resident here at Restore Austin. I'm so excited to be here with you this morning. My wife, Ashley, and my best friend, uh, we moved here to the Austin area about four years ago, and in doing so, we took a student pastor position in a small church in South Austin. And my first year there, I had the most embarrassing thing probably in my entire life happened, happened to me. So you see at the time we had student ministry on Sunday nights and for this particular night, we were doing this big outreach. And so we promoted this thing like crazy. We, we blasted it on social media. We emailed all the parents. I talked with all the students and convinced them to invite their friends. And I even talked to those students who maybe haven't come to youth yet to come and encourage them. And we had a great turnout. And it looked like it was going to be the start of this amazing night. We were having fun playing games and doing all of our stuff beforehand. And then we get into the message. And about halfway through my message, there's this interruption. But it wasn't an interruption like I was used to, like maybe a student opening a bag of chips or a can of Coke or maybe even making a fart noise, but it was actually an interruption in my stomach. You see, leading up to that evening, I had a stomach ache all day, but because I wasn't running a fever I, and I worked so hard for this night, I decided I was going to take a bunch of Tums and Pepto and just tough it out for one night. And so I start to get into my message and about halfway through this interruption occurs so much to a point where I have to look at one of my leaders and say, can you take over for me really quick? And I sprint to the bathroom as fast as I can, just making it in enough time to throw up a lot all in the toilet. I think the worst part of it was that we were actually recording the night so we could give it to parents later. Let's just say that message never made it to the website. But the things about interruptions is they aren't always small and physical like my stomachache, but they can also be on a much larger and even a spiritual level as well. There's a, I experienced an interruption several months ago that made my stomachache just seem so insignificant in comparison when I heard about the death of George Floyd. If you're not sure who George Floyd is, he was a black man and he was arrested. And while being detained, an officer was kneeing on his face and his neck and though George was crying out that he couldn't breathe, the officer wouldn't let up, and he ended up suffocating and, suffocating and dying right there. And this interruption has caused me to start questioning things. It's caused me to examine our world and even my own life a little bit more closely, and honestly, it has caused some major inner anxiety and unrest in my life. Interruptions in life can be so uncomfortable, can't they? I think we all know about the interruptions of life. It could be marriage issues, home life, work life. Heck, I mean, 2020 and even the beginning of 2020 has been full of interruptions. We've had a pandemic that has led to the interruption of everyday life. I would be willing to bet that many of us haven't had one week or some of us even one day that has looked the exact same as before the pandemic. It's caused us to miss traditions, lose loved ones, lose jobs. It's sparked depression in many, the closing of companies, the closing of churches. 
It's caused family problems, kids struggling in school, parents trying to balance kids working from or doing school from home and working from home. This interruption has wreaked havoc in so many ways. But on top of that, we also had the interruption of a volatile political campaign that has just created so much hate and disunity, not just in our countries, but for many of us in our friend groups and some of us even our families. We've had a snowstorm that knocked out Austin, racial hate, riots, protests, police brutality, and even thousands of deaths happened over this past year. Whether big or small, the list of interruptions can go on and on for the past year. And I know this may suck to hear, but the truth is interruptions are always going to be a part of our lives. So how are we supposed to handle the interruptions in life? How are we supposed to view these interruptions of life? But on top of that, how are we supposed to respond to them? Well, to answer these questions, I actually want to look at a story from the life of Jesus where he purposefully caused a major interruption. An interruption that, if I'm being honest, has made many people, including myself at times, uncomfortable. But even though this story may be a bit uncomfortable for some of us, the truth is is that it holds some major insight on how we should not only view these interruptions, but how we should respond to them as well. So I'm excited to dive in. We're going to be in Matthew 21. If you're not quite sure what that is, that's okay. Flip about two-thirds of the way into your Bible. If you get Mark, Luke, or John, you've gone a little bit too far. But honestly, you can Google it or just follow along on the screen with the verses. Matthew 21, starting in verse 12, it says this. Jesus entered the temple courts and drove out all who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves. It is written, he said to them, my house will be called a house of prayer, but you are making it a den of robbers. So I want to stop here for a second because it's important for us to gain some insight and some context for what is going on. So leading up to this point, Jesus has just entered Jerusalem on the back of a donkey. And if you remember Ivor talking about it last week, this represents peace and humility. And so he's coming into Jerusalem, and the first stop that he makes is the temple. But instead of going in to pray and to shake hands with the rabbis and to kiss babies and stuff like that, he causes this major scene. He brings this major interruption to people's everyday life. In fact, John's account of this story tells us that Jesus made a whip to drive people out of the temple. Can you see why this story is a bit uncomfortable? It's uncomfortable. I think it's uncomfortable for many of us because when we think of Jesus, we think of him as this nurturing, gentle man, which he very much is. But here we see him angry and not so angry where he just takes someone to the side and says, hey man, what you doing? That's, that's not cool. Let's not do that again. But so angry that he flips tables and he drives people out. And so my question is, why? Why does he do this? Why is he so angry right here that he causes this interruption? Well, the reason he is so angry is because there's a social injustice happening right in front of his very eyes. You see, doves were the animal that the poor could use to make sacrifices for their sins so they could be in God's presence. And the reason this was done is that if someone couldn't afford a larger animal, such as a lamb, they could use doves because they're a little bit easier and more, they're a little bit more accessible and cheaper. And so this was meant to be a thing to make God's presence available to anyone, no matter who you were. But what's happening here is that the rabbis wouldn't allow the poor to purchase these doves from anywhere like the market where they were cheaper because those doves were seen as imperfect doves. 
And so these people would have to come to the inner courts to buy these doves. And in doing this, the people of the inner courts could charge more. And so it's, what's also important to note about this is that these, many of these people were poor because they were disabled. And so it wasn't just poor people, but disabled people who were being taken advantage of. And these people were viewed as less than. They were viewed as less than because it was thought that they were like this, that they were poor or disabled because they didn't have God's blessing, so they must not be as important. And so Jesus sees this marginalized group of people being taken advantage of, and it makes him angry, and he causes this interruption. You see, the thing about Jesus is he tends to always do the most loving thing in any given moment or situation. And right here, Jesus sees an injustice happening to this group of people, and it makes him rightly and righteously angry. So much to a point that he causes an interruption because he knows that the most loving thing that he can do is, in this moment is wake people up to what is going on around them. Is it uncomfortable? Yes. Is it necessary? Absolutely. But Jesus doesn't just stop there with this interruption. Let's continue and see what happens. Verse 14. The blind and the lame came to him at the temple and he healed them. But when the chief priests and the teachers of the law saw the wonderful things he did and the children shouting in the temple courts, Hosanna to the son of David, they were indignant. Do you hear what these children are saying? They asked him. Yes, replied Jesus. Have you never read from the lips of children and infants? You, Lord, have called forth your praise. And he left them and went out of the city to Bethany where he spent the night. So I I love this part. I love this part because what we see here is Jesus not only causes this interruption, but he invites people to engage with him in responding to it. See, it wasn't enough for Jesus to just cause this interruption, but he knew the most loving thing that he could do is invite people to engage with him in making things right. We know this because what we just saw and we see is Jesus, after this interruption of waking people up to this injustice happening to this marginalized, this oppressed group of people, he engages with this marginalized group of people. He engages with them by helping and healing, bringing restoration and redemption in their lives, showing them that they are worthy of his grace and his love and to be in his presence. In this moment, he's not just trying to wake everyone up around him to who he is, Hosanna, the son of David, God in the flesh, the Messiah, but he's waking everyone up to his work of restoration in our world. You see, when these interruptions in life happen, Jesus isn't just trying to get us to take note, but he's inviting us to engage with him in healing, in redemption, in restoration, not just in our own personal lives, but in the lives of others as well. So earlier we asked the question, how are we supposed to view and respond to these interruptions of life? And the answer, simply put, is that we view these interruptions as invitations and we respond by engaging with them because interruptions invite engagement. When I read this story in Jesus' life, I can't help but think about how he's been involved in table-flipping moments throughout history. One that sticks out to me takes place on a bus in Birmingham, Alabama in 1955 when Rosa Parks, a black woman, refused to give up her seat to a white man. Sit here with him in a moment with me in this. Can you imagine how uncomfortable it may have been for the people watching this unfold? 
But as many of you know, this interruption led to the engagement of the boycott of these buses, which helped bring to life the civil rights movement. Why? Because interruptions invite engagement. Some other table-flipping moments and people are Susan B. Anthony, who traveled the United States to fight for women's rights, and everywhere she went, she faced major opposition and abuse when she was talking and speaking out for women. And though she was causing people to be uncomfortable and bringing interruptions to their lives, women were granted the, vote, the right to vote in 1920. Nelson Mandela going to prison for standing up for people's rights, and he was there for 27 years And as soon as he gets out, he continues to make people uncomfortable by causing interruptions and fighting against apartheid. But in doing so, he united a country. And how could we not mention Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and his constant fight in the civil rights movement? And though his engagement in the civil rights movement cost him his life, where would we be today without him making people uncomfortable by trying to wake everyone to what? wake everyone up to what is happening in our world, but inviting us to engage in it as well. The list of historical table flippers and moments could go on and on. What is your table flipping moment? What interruptions in life are you being invited to engage with? If you recall earlier, I told you that the death of George Floyd was an interruption in my life that has caused some discomfort, to say the least. A table-flipping moment that has caused some internal angst and unrest in my life. A moment where Jesus asked me to pay attention and to engage with him. But here's the thing about that. Um, It wasn't just hard looking at the world around me during this. Was actually more uncomfortable and difficult was facing things about myself. You see, simultaneously, I was fostering two young black boys at the time, and though I would never say I'm racist by any stretch of the imagination, it did cause me to start questioning things. It caused me to examine things that I've heard or I've been taught, and it caused me to stop, to listen, to learn, and to more importantly, to lament. If you're not sure what lament means, that's okay. It's not a word actually used too often, but it means to grieve deeply. It means to feel deep sorrow or even regret about an event or situation. And so if I'm being honest through this process of struggling through and questioning from the interruption of George Floyd's death, there were days I struggled to even look at myself in the mirror. But Jesus invited me to lament and honestly repent in certain areas of my life. And though it was extremely uncomfortable, I am so thankful for it because it not only woke me up to what was happening around me, but it also brought me purpose. Through this interruption, I was not only invited to engage myself in this endeavor, but to to engage with others in fighting social injustice of our world and to engage in Jesus' work of restoration. And it brought me to this residency here at Restore in the Church of Moon Tower in which they they both have this huge heart to engage the world with these issues and is training people like myself and my coworkers to go out and to help lead people in, in these issues. Why? Because interruptions invite engagement. 
You see, I tell you this because my hope is that from this point forward, you would not just look at the interruptions, the table-flipping moments of your life as some sort of inconvenience, as something that's just to avoid because it's so uncomfortable. But my hope would be that when these moments come, you would ask Jesus, what are you trying to show me? But you wouldn't just stop there with that question, but you would really take a step back and take a deep look into your soul and engage with Jesus in lament, in healing, in redemption, in restoration, not just in your own life, but in the lives of the people around you, in your community, and in our world. And so here's what this means. Here's what all of this is boiling down to. It means that when these interruptions happen, this means standing up and walking into and towards hard and messy situations. Situations that will more often than not be extremely uncomfortable to engage with. But the truth is not engaging with these interruptions is more futile not just to our lives, but to our world. And so I want to encourage us to embrace the interruptions and the process of engaging with Jesus in them. And honestly, this can mean a variety of different things depending on what's going on in your life. It can mean starting an uncomfortable conversation with a spouse and getting help with your marriage. It could be confronting people in your home, in your work, or in your friend group. It can be getting involved with various organizations doing good work around the community. It can be taking a step back and taking a hard and deep look at yourself and asking yourself some tough questions. The truth is, engagement can and most likely will look a little bit different for everyone, but my encouragement is embrace it no matter what it is. Will it be uncomfortable? Yes. Is it necessary? Absolutely. So I'm going to ask again, what interruptions in life are you being invited to engage with? With everything going on in the world around us, I think it's hard to deny that there are some major interruptions going on. I mean, it could be political, social, racial, any of the things that we talked about earlier. Right now, all of us are in this uncomfortable time of tension, a table-flipping moment. I mean, we can't even get on social media or TV without seeing some sort of argument or hate happening in our world. And I think many of us know that what we see isn't okay, that it's not right. But I also think many of us can also feel or sense these interruptions happening in our lives, building up to something much bigger. Historically speaking, I mean, if we look throughout history, we're in this sort of build-up time that leads to a movement or a revolution, a revolution for change. So you see, right now, all of us have a decision to make. All of us have a decision to make on how we are going to engage with these interruptions, this revolution for change that is happening. And many of us may feel that it's too uncomfortable to engage with this stuff. But the truth is, choosing not to engage is making a decision to engage with these issues just in a different way. Let me explain what I mean Jamar Tisby talks about choosing to not engage in life's interruptions in his book, The Color of Compromise. And though he talks about this from a racial point of view, I think it transcends all of the issues that we are facing when he states this. The failure to decisively oppose the racism in our families, communities, and even our churches provide fertile soil for the seeds of hatred to grow. 
pay attention to this part because it's important. The refusal to act in the midst of injustice is itself an act of injustice. Friends, we are in a movement right now, a table-flipping moment that is happening right in front of our very eyes. It doesn't matter your race, political party affiliation, gender, or status. Right now, all of us are in a divine interruption where we are being invited to engage with Jesus in his work of restoration. To engage in a revolution for change, not just in our lives, but in our world. A revolution that is crying out for less hate and more healing. Less silence and more stepping in. Our world is aching and desperately needing the hope, redemption, restoration, and love of Jesus. So family, let's answer the call. Because interruptions invite engagement. I love you. Let me pray. God, I thank you so much just for, um, that you are just a God that pursues justice, God. And God, that you have called your church to be those people as well. And so God, I pray that you would give us boldness and courage to step forward in things that are hard and uncomfortable and messy, God. That we would see these interruptions as invitations to engage with you in making things right, God. God, I'm so thankful just um, to be a part of a a church that just um, wants to be a part of the solution in this and be a part of just seeing your heart grow for people and the marginalized and the oppressed. And so, God, I just pray that this revolution that you would just continue to use, restore and moon tower and all of these things. But, God, I pray that you would just encourage all of us in our own lives to be pursuing these things as well. That you would give us boldness and courage to step up and step in, God. That you would let us be a part of healing and not hate, God. God, you are so good. We love you so much. Guide us as you so see fit. Amen.